So again, welcome uh, to church. We are glad that you are here. And uh, as I said a little bit ago, we are kicking off a brand new series called, as you can see, called Iconic. And what we're going to do for the next seven weeks is we're going to spend time looking at the life of Jesus. Instead of looking at a couple of different people, we're going to look at the life of Jesus. And more specifically, we're going to look at the different names that have been given to Jesus. Now, we're not going to spend time on every single name because there are a lot of names that are given to Jesus. But what we're going to focus on are a couple of the the standouts, a couple of the names that really give us hope. Because what I know is that the name of Jesus should give us hope. That if we had nothing else but the name of Jesus, that should be enough. And the cool thing about this uh, series that it's gonna it's gonna lead us right up to Easter. But have you ever thought about the significance of your name? Because what I know about you is that whatever your name is, whatever name was given to you at your birth, it was given intentionally by your parents. That more than likely, they had conversations about what your name should be. They didn't just pull a cup and say, okay, let's draw a random name, and that's the name we're going to pick. That odds are they had conversations about what your name will be. And what I've noticed is that there is a trend going on that most people, when they pick a name, they look for some sort of significant meaning behind it, right? Like when we were, when we were picking Emberlin's name, uh, I forget what the other option was, but uh, my option was Emberlin, and we see who won that one, because uh, her name is Emberlin. Uh, but one thing Becca said to me was that, Aaron, if you Google what Emberlin means, there's nothing there. And I'm like, that's okay, because we can make up her name. We can tell people whatever we want it to be. And so all of your names are significant. Now, maybe you can resonate with a couple different places with this. Maybe you hear that and you're like, man, I really wish my parents would have done a better job of picking my name. <laughs> like when I was growing up, when I was your age, I had a, almost this, this sort of embarrassment about, about my middle name. Uh, that when people would ask me, I would uh, not tell them because for whatever reason, I was embarrassed. And because I love you all so much, I'm going to share with you what my middle name is. Yeah, so, uh, do what? Gerald. No. <laughs> no. So, my middle name is Albert, okay? Yeah, y'all laugh, but you know what? You should feel bad. Do you know why? You know why? Because that name comes from my great-grandpa. So yeah, feel bad, you jerks. Okay? Yeah, feel bad, you jerks. Okay? So going through high school and middle school, I was embarrassed by that. But here's the cool thing. That gave me identity. That told people who I belong to. And even when your parents picked your name, they put a lot of thought into that. But the names that God gives you is so much more significant. A lot of people spend time trying to build a name for themselves, right? 
People try to spend time, or they, they, they spend time trying to make their name known. It's like, God's already given you a name. And the name he's given you was given to you intentionally and purposefully. And it's an incredible name. So what we're going to spend time over the next seven weeks is how these different names that we see given to Jesus, what they mean and, and, and what we can pull from those. And so tonight we're going to look at three of those names and we're going to uh, be in, in, in different places. But at this time, if you're a part of our Bible crew tonight, uh, go ahead and grab some Bibles, pass them out to people who are here. Uh, if you're watching online or you're listening to the podcast later, uh, take the time right now to stop and find yourself a Bible because what we want you to do is we want you to experience the living word of God. Because what we believe is that no matter where you are, whether you're in church right now or you're not, that the Bible can speak to you no matter what. So we want you to see what we're talking about. Because here's the truth that if you if you just took my word for what I was reading, I could lie to you every single week. I can make it up. But if you are seeing it, you can say, you know what? You might be a little off a little bit. So, once you have a Bible, I want you to make your way to Hebrews, to Hebrews chapter 12. And if you're using one of our Bibles here, that is on page 566, because we're going to start in Hebrews chapter 12, and then jump back to Hebrews chapter 4. But we're going to start in Hebrews chapter 12. And we're going to read through verses 1 through 3, and then we're going to go over to Hebrews chapter 4 and read verses 15 through 16. And what we're going to see in our different scriptures tonight are some names that Jesus has. So, has everybody got a Bible? Yeah? No? All right, so once you are making your way there, Again, we're going to start in Hebrews chapter 12. And we're going to read verses 1 through 3. So while the last few of you guys are making your way there, check out what Hebrews chapter 12 verse 1 through 3 says. It says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Verse 3, consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. So check out name number one for Jesus. And this is on your notes. Name number one for Jesus that we just read about is Pioneer. So name number one for Jesus is Pioneer. And again, we see this in verse two, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the Pioneer. So what does a Pioneer mean? What, if, if, if that name was given to Jesus, what's it mean? Here's what it means. This is the next thing on your notes. The first person to go somewhere. So if someone is considered a pioneer, they are someone who has gone to a place first. 
when you look at the life of Jesus, you can see him going first. Because a pioneer is someone who goes, who, who goes first, who, who goes somewhere first. So what this means for us is that Jesus is the model. And that's the next thing you're going to notice, that Jesus is the model. Now, I don't want to confuse you, okay? I don't want you to hear that and think, well, I have to be just like Jesus, okay? Listen, that will never, ever happen, okay? So if that's the thing that you're trying to, to, to pursue, you will never get there, okay? Because Jesus was perfect. And sorry to bust some bubbles, but you're not, okay? No matter how much of an angel your people have told you that you are, <laughs> You are not perfect, okay? Sometimes you're annoying, okay? Sometimes you, you make mistakes, right? So Jesus is the model, but not the model in the sense that we need to be just like him. Because what we know about Jesus, if you, if, if you look at his life, on a daily basis, he showed us what servanthood looked like. He showed us what compassion looks like. He showed us what love looks like. And he showed us what defending the helpless looks like. And those are just a few of his moments on this earth that he showed us. So that's him as the model. He has showed us how to do these things. Because a lot of times, and we said this, we said this during our last series, but Jesus is God. He, he is God. Okay, don't, don't miss that. But don't miss that he's also human. And there's something so beautiful about that. Because for me, that gives me hope. For me, that, that tells me that he knows exactly what it's like to be human. If you were here a few weeks ago, we saw that Jesus was tempted, right? Now, if I was to ask you to raise your hand, let's just do this. Okay. If you've ever been tempted, raise your hand. Every hand in the room right now is raised. So, we know what it's like to be tempted. We know how tough it is to walk through that temptation and not fall to it. And so does Jesus. And so Jesus showed us, he modeled for us what it looks like to have a lifestyle that follows Jesus. And for those that think like you can only like follow parts of what Jesus teaches and not others, listen, that, that, that's just false, okay? Like you, you can't be a person who doesn't show love but also says, I follow Jesus. Because the Bible teaches us that the way people will know that we belong to God is how we love. So like, we can't say, you know what, I'm all for Jesus, I'm, I'm, I'm team Jesus, but when it comes to loving people, I'm, 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 I'm out on that one. It doesn't happen like that. And so Jesus modeled for us the lifestyle that we should try to have. Again, knowing that you're going to fail because none of you all love all the time. If you have a boyfriend or girlfriend, or girlfriend, I can promise you, you might not tell them, but you don't always love them. Sometimes you're annoyed by them. 
Sometimes you wish they would leave. Okay? Now, no one here, I, I get that, no one here. And so we can't pick and choose what we decide to follow about Jesus. And that's why, in Hebrews, the writer said, that's why we fix our eyes on Jesus. If your eyes are fixed on something, nothing can break that attention. If your eyes are fixed on Jesus and truly fixed, there should be nothing that can break that line of sight. So to, to, to give an illustration of this, to, to illustrate how much everyone loves me, earlier before the service started, she was looking in, in Jill's direction, and she smiled, and Jill thought, man, she's smiling at me. She turned around, she saw he was behind her. She saw daddy was behind her. And when I tell you that Emblem's eyes were, were fixed on me, they were fixed on me. And that's the same way that, that we should be about Jesus. That no matter what's going on, if our, if our eyes are truly fixed on Jesus, nothing should break that line of sight. And so Jesus is the model. That's why we fix our eyes on him. So name number two. So he's called the pioneer, but he's also called name number two, perfecter of faith. Again, same verse, same verse, uh, verse 2, chapter 12, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. Now, what does a perfecter of faith mean? It means that someone who does something correctly. So if someone is considered a perfecter, they are considered someone who does something correctly. Now, how does this correlate with Jesus? It correlates in this way, that God is perfect, God is holy, so that means that he can't be in the presence of sin. That's why back then, they believed that the Spirit of God was behind a curtain away from everyone, because God could not be in the presence of sin. So before you came to Jesus, you were a person of sin. That's how you lived. So before Jesus, you could not be in the same space as God. So there had to be something that could bring us back to God. And that's where we see Jesus' sacrifice coming in. And what that means for us, next thing you're going to notice is this, is that Jesus made a way through his sacrifice. That Jesus going to the cross was not just a... Another moment in time, it was not just another day in the life of, of a Roman citizen. It was not just another day in the calendar. No, his sacrifice made a way for us to get back to God. That if Jesus would not have gone through what he did, we would not have been anywhere near God. And that is the why behind his sacrifice, to give himself as the perfect sacrifice for our sins. Because what the Bible teaches us is that the wages of sin is death, so you and I deserve death, okay? Because even after Jesus, you still make mistakes. I never met anyone that could back up the idea that they were perfect after Jesus, okay? You're still going to make mistakes. So, the Bible says that our sins, our mistakes, deserve death. 
But because of Jesus, we don't have to worry about that. Because of Jesus, because of his sacrifice, because he did something, he, he did something that we can't do, because you can't save yourself, you can't work for your salvation, you can't attend X amount of services for your salvation, you can't read the whole Bible five times to receive your salvation, you can't pray every single day to receive your, to receive your salvation. The only way to God is Jesus and a relationship with him. So Jesus did something that we can't do, but also that we don't have that we don't have to do. Because when Jesus made that way, he was saying, Hey, listen, I know they're gonna make mistakes because whenever I think about this, like I'm 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 a very picture-oriented person. So like whenever I read the Bible, I'm like playing it out like like a movie. <clears throat> so I picture the moment. The moment before Jesus came onto this earth as a little baby, I can picture it like he's sitting there and, 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 and God's looking down like, man, that is a really messed up place. Because before sin, earth was perfect. It was paradise. But then sin came in and wrecked that all up. So he's looking like, man, that, that, that place is, whew, them people are, are a hot mess down there. And Jesus says, you know what? I love them, so send me down there. Because God knew that we needed a Savior. And I can picture Jesus saying, you know what? Yeah. I love them, God, send me. And realize that when God allowed Jesus to come to this earth, he was giving up his only son, okay? And God is God, but he feels, okay? So when he gave up his only son, that wasn't a joyful day for him. And I can picture God saying, Jesus, are you sure about that? Like, you, you know that even after you come to the cross, like, they're going to, like, not follow you some days. Like, even after you, you give their life for them, they're not going to follow you some days. They're going to kind of fall away, and they're kind of, they're going to do things that they shouldn't do, and, and watch things they shouldn't watch, but I, are you sure? And Jesus is like, yeah, yeah, send me, God, send me. Because he wanted to make a way for us to come back to God. And I cannot stress this enough, that if you're here and you do not have a relationship with Jesus, that is the first place you've got to start. Because that is the only way to God. The Bible says that he is the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So there is no other way to God but Jesus. So we see that he's the pioneer, he's the perfecter of faith. Go over to Hebrews chapter 4 with me real quick. And in our Bible here, that's page 562, so four pages back. But in Hebrews chapter 4, verses 15 through 16, we see the third name for us tonight. So here's what Hebrews chapter 4, verse, verses 15 and 16 said. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weakness, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are. Yet he did not sin. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence, so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. So here is the third name for Jesus, high priest. 
So what we just saw was that Jesus is our high priest. Now, back then, the main responsibility of a high priest, if, if, if someone was in that position, was to make sacrifices for people once a year. That once a year, during a festival, they would cleanse themselves, they would go through a whole process, and they would offer sacrifices on the behalf of the people to God. And people would go to them often to seek the will of God. And it's kind of what we do with pastors today, right? We go to pastors and we say, hey, like, what's God trying to say with this? Or I, I feel like I should be doing this and this and this, but like, what should I do? How, like, how, how can I seek God's will in this? And so that was the main responsibility of a high priest. But what we just saw, and this is so cool, I realize this, like back then, they would go to a high priest to, uh, to, to, to try to find God's will. Because he's our high priest today, we get to experience God's will. That's so cool. Like, we don't have to go to someone else to experience God's will. If you're in Jesus, you have his will right there. You don't have to go to X, Y, Z. You don't have to go to your friends. You don't have to go to your It's there. And so what we see is that Jesus being our high priest is that Jesus, next thing in your notes, Jesus is our support. He is our support. Why? Because he lived this. Like, he lived this life. Because, again, he even says that he was tempted in every way just as we are, yet he did not sin. So he lived this life. He knows what you go through. He knows what you go through emotionally. He knows what you go through mentally. He knows what you go through. Every thought you have, he's had it. Every struggle that you've had, he's been through. But it says that he is a high priest that we can come to confidently. We can approach his throne with confidence. So Jesus being our high priest, we can approach him with confidence. So as we close that tonight, uh, way back when, um, maybe some of y'all have heard this. Um, I know the adults have, but there's, there, there was, or maybe there has been this phrase uh, that, that goes something like, pull yourself up by your bootstraps. Have y'all heard that before? Yeah, a couple of y'all? Look at that, guys, we're not old. Look at that. So what that phrase means is to literally put on boots and to pull the straps up. So what it means is is to succeed or to elevate yourself without any help. Zane, come here. You got small feet. (laughs) Yes, you've you've, you've showered today, right? Uh, Last week. Okay, that's fine. So put your feet in those shoes. And what I want you to do is I want you to pull yourself up on the straps. I want to, I want to see the boots leave the ground. Go for it. That really work. Keep trying. You, you tried one time. That's terrible. You tried one time and you gave up. That's cheating. You say get it off the ground. With your feet planted. 
You ain't pulling by your bootstraps. This is the bootstraps. I can help both. Okay, so thank you to Zane, because he showed us it was impossible to do that. Right? If you had done it the right way, you would have seen it was impossible for him. Yes, that's a trap. Congratulations. Get it right. You're, you're, you're precious. <laughs> and so what we saw is that for him to pull up by the bootstraps, it was impossible. Thank you. You, you keep those on. Take these? Okay. No, you keep them on. Give them back to me after you wash them. But nah, they're mine. Because I, I, I smelled your feet up here. <clears throat> so what we see from that, listen, this is so important. Okay? That illustration shows us how important Jesus is in all of this. Because without Jesus, there is no way for you to be connected to God. So just like it was impossible to physically and to literally pull yourself up by your bootstraps, it's the same thing when it comes to being in the presence of God. If you don't know Jesus, if your eyes aren't fixed on Jesus, it's going to be impossible me impossible to be in the presence of God. And a lot of time we focus on, because obviously, the, and this is the truth, that without Jesus, you can't, like without God, you can't be in heaven. Okay, that's true. But I want to focus on the right now, okay? Because I don't see you going to heaven anytime soon. Now you might, but I don't see it happening. So even now, to be in the presence of God, to have God's presence in your life, if you don't have Jesus, you will never find it. You'll never have it. So as we close tonight, last thing in your notes. Do you need to readjust your eyes? Because some of you guys, and I'm going to call it like I see it. Some of you guys claim to be church kids, claim to be Christians. But your eyes are so far from Jesus. You claim to be a Christian, you claim to be a Jesus follower. But your eyes are fixed on what people think over what God says about you. Your eyes are fixed on what people see on your social media rather than what they see about you when it comes to Jesus. So do you need to adjust your eyes, readjust your eyes? Because here's what I know. That in order to fix our eyes on Jesus, our eyes have to be on Jesus. 